There are no moral victories in this loss. This was just a game that the Kings needed to win. Coming off the second night of a back-to-back, sure. Against a Heat team where role players always step up, sure. But at the end of the day, it's the Kings at home against a depleted Heat team in just a packed Western Conference where you just cannot afford losses like this. And the Kings have lost way too many games. That are like this after just an amazing win in LA, it just feels like it's all for naught because they come home and they lose against this Miami team. And and who cares if they had a run in the fourth quarter? It's like wow, they actually played well for one quarter of the entire game. Like maybe they should have played that way the entire game, or at least for more of it and earlier. Because you saw what happened when they ramped up the pressure defensively. They went to zone. And there were just defenders flying all over the place. And it was creating havoc, creating turnovers against the Miami Heat team who are missing a bunch of their players, who are missing the players that are going to handle the ball and actually create. So they could force turnovers against guys that are uncomfortable. But for the first three quarters of the game, the Kings didn't even come close to making the Heat uncomfortable at all. It just feels like this team is incapable of displaying that same defensive effort and connectivity in games that they're not hyping themselves up for as big games. Because sure, a win against the Clippers might matter more if we're able to catch the Clippers, but you're not going to catch the Clippers if if you're losing against the Heat at home, against the Pistons at home, against the, you know, Hornets at home, And I think that run at the end of the game where the Kings were able to turn defense into offense and go on this big run, I think that makes this even more disappointing because it's like, yeah, we know what they're capable of and they showed us and they just weren't able to do that in the first three quarters. And that's what separates the Kings from being a top four team in that pack of of top four teams in the Western Conference versus being part of this just slog of teams in the middle. That's why the Kings are in this position because they're not winning these types of games. And so that's that has to be the next step where you just can't lose these types of games on such a consistent basis. Like every team is going to lose a couple or a few games here and there. Every, you know, even great team is going to lose some of those games every season. But it's the frequency where we see that Terry Rozier and Tyler Hero are out for this game, and every single Kings fan is tweeting, oh no, we're losing by 40. And that's what happened, is we're getting blown out by 20 by the end of the third quarter. It's just the predictability of the inconsistency that is so, is just so infuriating. In theory, the Kings should have been able to defend this Heat team even easier than the Clippers, who they just faced. And they were really good against the Clippers. They took away Kawhi Leonard, they took away James Harden, and they did it by sending bodies at those players and then being able to close out to the shooters in rotation. And so you you look at the Heat roster, they're without Jimmy Butler, they're without Tyler Hero, without Terry Rozier, without other guys. And you're like, okay, so it should be even easier. They have Bam Adebayo. So we need to send bodies at him and then close out to everyone else. But that's not at all what what we saw. Instead, we see Bam 
sometimes just being able to go one-on-one, a lot of times it's like a guy kind of being caught in no man's land, like, are you doubling? Are you not? And then when they did double, then there's just no rotations. There's guys standing around in the paint, not rotating out to shooters. And so it just, the connectivity that we saw in the Clippers game and the willingness to, well, all be on the same page and really commit to the defensive game plan, it just feels like we didn't see that in this game at all. And it led to a lot of guys being isolated by themselves. I talked about after the Clippers game, how it felt like, no individual could be isolated by themselves. And so nobody stood out as having a poor defensive game because there was always someone there to back them up. And it was just the complete opposite in this one. Whoever was guarding Bam, whether it was Sabonis, Lyles, or anyone else who got switched onto him was consistently getting exposed. Whoever was guarding Kevin Love And then on the perimeter, you have guys just getting blown by so easily. The Heat just dominated the paint. That's what it came down to. They didn't even shoot that well from three. And you would think that for the Heat to be able to beat the Kings in this game with the personnel that was out, you would think that the Heat would have had to have a good three-point shooting game. I mean, they had an average three-point shooting game, 36 37%. And you look at the Kings, and they shot 40%. And they were shooting really well for most of the game. And it just didn't matter because the Heat dominated in the paint. The Kings were sloppy with the ball, turning the ball over. And these were live ball turnovers. And it just, it it shows the effort that the Heat were playing with. They would go to that zone. And the Kings, if they got the ball into the middle of the zone, whether that was to the big inside, Sabonis or Lyles, or whether it was a guard in, you know, Fox getting to the middle of the zone, There was just always active hands from the Heat there to be able to get a hand on the ball and disrupt the offense and and be able to then turn that defense into easy buckets on the other end. And that's the same formula the Kings used to get back in the game. But we just saw one team doing it for 48 minutes and one team only doing it for, you know, 9, 12 minutes. It's just been annoying these last two seasons, like everything's been, you know, so good, finally winning. Why can't this team just be good at home? They're just not a good home team. I don't get it. They, I mean, I guess if they were a good home team, but bad on the road, then I would be annoyed that they were a bad road team. But it just feels like this team should be better at home. I mean, during that comeback, it was just, it was deafening, right? And uh, yeah, that just, it, it didn't matter. And it never never really does. The Kings got it to within two. I think it was, what, 110 to 108? And then, you know, it fell apart from there because it's like you put all that effort into trying to make the comeback. And then, you know, everything has to go perfectly. It almost did. And then it just fell apart at the end. The Kings had a, they had a lead at the end of the first quarter. And then they, I believe they got up to an eight-point lead at one point. Maybe it even got to double digits, I'm not sure. But at that point, you're thinking, okay, they should be in a good spot. They should be able to put this game away. But how quickly things fell apart was kind of wild. I think the reason that it never felt totally comfortable, even though we had a double-digit lead, was because we had that lead through our three-point shooting, just hot three-point shooting, as opposed to it really feeling like a way that we could consistently beat them. Because, yeah, we had a lead, but 
it was because Bam went out, and the, the Kings did a good job of taking advantage of the non-Bam minutes in the first half. Same cannot be said for the second half. But in the first half, it was good. The Heat even went to a zone to try to you know, slow the Kings down. That didn't work in the first half. Uh, the Kings were able to pick that apart. Sabonis was doing a really good job at the middle of the zone of facilitating and scoring from there. And if the Kings just played any defense in that first half, they would have been able to run away with the game. And again, it's just the same thing with this team time after time of not being able to blow teams out or run away with games or, you know, when it feels like they're playing well or shooting really well, the lead isn't as big as it feels like it would be if the roles were reversed. If the Heat were shooting as well as the Kings were shooting, the Kings would fall apart, which they did at times. The Kings fall apart, and and it just balloons to a 20-point lead in an instant, it feels like. And, you know, the Kings have gotten better as the season's gone on of not allowing these big runs. But as we can see, it's still, it's still there a little bit. The Kings just let the Heat be comfortable in whatever they were doing. They let Bam have so much time to decide what he wanted to do in the post before we would send any anybody at him the same with kevin love the same with with jaime hawkes anyone who got put in a position in the post like that's where the heat were killing us time after time was in the post and the help was just not there the turnovers were also a big problem fox had seven turnovers his Every time he just got he got into the lane, the ball was either going through the hoop or he was turning it over. They, you know, there's there's nothing in between because he was he was shooting the ball well, he was scoring well, but uh, yeah, he turned the ball over a lot and was just really loose with it inside. Apparently, people said he was limping in the first half, like he hurt his knee or something, but I never I never saw that bother him. It really looked like he was trying to utilize his speed early in the game to break the, the Heat's press and to break the Heat's zone. And, I mean, it was pretty effective at times, and then at other times he would just get a little out of control, and that was leading to the turnovers. And it was just those turnovers leading to Heat points and it, just the constant blow-bys on the perimeter, the post-play from, from Kevin Love, Bam Adebayo, and Jaime Jaquez. Those were the real problems, but it was only a three-point game at halftime because the Kings were hot from the three-point line, so that kind of made up for the bad defense. And then coming out of halftime, obviously we're hoping that something changes, and nothing changed. Coming out of halftime, I mean, the start of the third quarter is one of the most frustrating parts of this game. There are a lot of frustrating parts. That might be the most frustrating because there was just such an opportunity to grab this game. The Heat came out, and they did not play well. They were not playing well at all. And the Kings just didn't take advantage. And that right there is where I kind of lost hope that the Kings were going to win this game, because when you see the Heat up three, coming out of halftime, playing so poorly, and still extending the lead, I mean, that was just awful. The Kings were missing around the rim, turnovers, mental lapses defensively. Harrison Barnes, after playing really well against the Clippers uh, defensively, he was really bad defensively in this one. 
just not getting out to shooters, not not switching correctly. So many mental lapses on on the defensive side this game. And so there was like a, a six minute period, like the first half of the third quarter, where the Heat didn't play well, but the Kings were just gifting them opportunities. And so the Heat go up eight without playing well. And then, oh no, look what happens when they actually start playing well for, you know, the final six minutes of the third quarter. It just balloons to a 20-point lead. The Kings not being able to stop Kevin Love in the post, not helping at all and just letting him do whatever he wanted in the post. Getting killed by a a 35-year-old Kevin Love who had 19 points, 7 rebounds in 15 minutes. I mean, that that is sad. I mean, the Heat played seven guys minutes above 15, you know, Kevin Love included. And then they had Cole Swider and Elondis Williams with five minutes and three minutes each who did nothing. So they were pretty much going with a seven-man rotation. And those seven guys were able to keep up the intensity for most of the game. There's a point where the Kings were down 12. Kevin Love misses a free throw. And there's, you know, I don't know how, three, four minutes left in the uh, in the quarter, in the third quarter. And all I'm thinking is we just got to, you know, get this to single digits by the fourth quarter, and then we can win this in the fourth quarter. And the Heat just absolutely dominated those last minutes of the third quarter. You had Malik Monk missing two free throws. Uh, the free throw shooting, I mean, that's just another thing we can talk about, 58%. 7 for 12 from the free throw line compared to the 20 for 25 from the Heat. That just shows you who was getting into the paint more. But missing those free throws and then just some some mental lapses defensively again. And the run just wouldn't stop. And the Heat went to zone. They subbed Bam out for like the last two minutes of the third quarter. And I'm like, okay, this is an important two minutes. We need to get back in this game. We need to play well with Bam on the bench. And the the opposite happened. Where things just spiraled against that zone. The Kings, who you know played well against the zone in the first half, just completely collapsed against it at the end of the third quarter. Just with no ball movement, no movement in general. And that defense from the Heat sparked. I mean, I, I don't want to say sparked a big run because they were already on a run. But it just continued their big run. Foul trouble also was a bit of a problem uh, with Sabonis picking up two early fouls. Uh, they left him in though, and then he didn't pick up another foul of game. So that wasn't really an issue, but Keegan did end up, end up with five fouls, and that definitely hurt a bit at the end of the first half when he had three fouls and they had to take him out. Talking about the individuals, Kevin Herter, he went five for 15. He wasn't great finishing inside but you know I don't think his offensive game was you know really an issue and the same can be said for most players like Barnes his offense was fine he was just you know knocking down shots you had Keegan who was on fire offensively you had Fox who other than the turnovers was scoring the ball Sabonis other than the free throws was you know playing well offensively I thought the one the one standout poor defender was Harrison Barnes and then it was just kind of the the energy from everyone else until that fourth quarter. So, I, you know, I think other than a few moments individually, it was mostly just a, a team defensive thing of not committing to 
a game plan and not rotating well and not having active hands and and just playing disruptively. I thought Chris Duarte was solid when he came in for his 17 minutes of playing physically and, and being disruptive. He didn't do anything offensively, but I still thought he was pretty solid defensively and he has been since he's been you know inserted back into the rotation. He's been better defensively where he's physical, but he's not out of control and he's not fouling. And then offensively, he's not a negative offensively either. Malik Monk uh, didn't hit a three, but again, like solid offensively other than free throw shooting. But it was the defensive end where he also wasn't great, got blown by a few times. Davion came in. I thought he gave some solid minutes. Like he hit some timely buckets. He had some he had some nice drives inside. And I thought he, he stood out. And, and it's those drives where he uses his quickness and, and gets it off the glass really quickly or goes to the floater. Like those are the moments that he needs to capitalize on. And then Trey Lyles was solid. Um he also had some foul trouble and he just was not quick enough to defend Bam at all. And that's understandable. And so, again, it's that moment where it's an individual looking bad because the entire team isn't connected to cover for him in those scenarios. There are also timely offensive rebounds from the Heat. There were a few moments where the Kings just didn't close out the defensive possessions in the fourth quarter, but not just in the fourth quarter. There were other moments as well where the Kings just couldn't finish out the defensive possession. And I thought there were too many of those moments where you had Haywood Highsmith coming in and trying to be disruptive and get offensive rebounds. You had Kevin Love parking himself down low and trying to be, you know, disruptive and, and get the rebounds down low. And those moments can probably be chalked up to being on the second night of a back-to-back. Like, sure, on the second night of a back-to-back, maybe there'll be a few more of those moments. But overall, this was not something that you can just blame on the second night of a back-to-back. And one thing that really hurts when the Heat are just able to score on every possession and blow by guys and score in the paint especially is it means there's just going to be less transition opportunities. Even when they miss, if they're missing around the rim, there's going to be less transition opportunities. And the Kings are at their best when they're getting out in transition and running. And we saw that in this game. They were really good when they were playing at a fast pace. And we saw, like in the fourth quarter, when they were getting all their steals, that's what was leading to the offense. And really... They had to get steals because they could not secure a rebound on that run in the fourth quarter. It was just either they get the steal and then go get a bucket or they allow the Heat to have three opportunities on one possession and eventually score. Fox tried to take over offensively late and you know that was good, but also it was Keegan's shooting as well as a herder three that also helped us get back in the game. And so I didn't want to see us just totally go to Fox ISO there. And, you know, I guess I could say we did, we had one too many plays of Fox ISO because he ended up missing one. But then after he missed that, they did get back to more ball movement and they, they got a couple shots for, for Kevin Herter, wasn't able to knock him down. And for me, 
during that run, like, yes, it, it was hype. But I was still, I wasn't getting too hyped because the entire time I was thinking, you got to finish the job. Like, we're not there yet. Like, we're within six now, four. We're within two. Like, you still got to finish the job. And I've seen so many of these comebacks just in the NBA where you come all the way back to get within two or even even take a lead. And then the energy that you expended trying to get all the way back, then you just kind of get tired out and it goes the other way. And so the Kings not being able to finish it off was obviously very disappointing. And I just, you know, not taking any moral victories from that. Earlier in the season, you know, I might have taken a moral victory from the Kings fighting back and not getting blown out because we saw them getting blown out in games. But in a game like this, where it's a shorthanded Heat team, and every game matters so much in the Western Conference. Like, I just, I, I can't get excited about just an almost comeback at all. Sabonis also had another triple-double. I don't think I mentioned that. So, you know, good for him. But now the reason why this game is so important is because now you go on the road for two against Denver and Minnesota. Two, obviously, really tough games. Kings 3-0 against Denver this season. So, I mean, I guess they could win that, but... There's still still two really tough games, but watch the Kings are you know gonna bounce back and win one of those games because that's just what they do. Maybe they'll win both and then they'll come home and lose against the Bulls. That's probably what's gonna happen. Yeah, this next game against Denver, I don't think Denver's as banged up anymore, so they'll probably be at full strength. It, it's hard to see the Kings going four zero against Denver this season. If I'm being honest, I don't really expect a win in this one. But you never know. And and all season long, it's been the Kings with a, a really good win and then a sequence of a couple wins and then really disappointing loss and then maybe another loss after that and then a, a big bounce back win. And it's just like the same cycle all season long. So maybe this will be the big bounce back win or maybe this will be you know the start of another mini losing streak, and then we'll have the bounce back win later. I don't know. I don't know where exactly we're at on the cycle right now. Anyways, that is it for this episode of The Rule Report. I will be back after that game against Denver, so I'll see you guys then. Peace.